podcast you've been looking for all along. Step into the life of urban exploration with guests from around the world. Welcome to No Tracers. What's up, guys? Welcome back to No Tracers. My name is Kay, and I am your host on this podcast all about abandoned places and urban exploring. This week on the podcast, I'm speaking with David Whitemeyer, otherwise known as Massachusetts Hiker Biker or MA Hiker Biker on Instagram. We're going to be talking about all kinds of cool stuff, great exploration stories, how he got started, his favorite gear that he uses, recommendations for you guys. Uh, If he could live in a certain place for a week, where would it be? I've got a ton of questions to ask him. And we also jump into a topic that I love, which is museums. He actually helps build out museum exhibitions. And I have wanted to start an urban exploration museum for years. And it's a huge goal of mine. So we we dive a little bit more into that. But before we get into this episode, there's a few things I want to let you know about. First of all, if you're not following me on social media, please do so. My socials are down in the description, but if you guys want to just hear them, I'll rattle them off. My Instagram is at no.tracers. My TikTok is no tracers, and my YouTube channel is just the letter K. If you guys want to see a visual version of this podcast with David's photos, go to the YouTube channel just the letter K, and you can watch this episode and listen to it at the same time. If you guys are new to the podcast, please hit the subscribe button. And if you like this episode or any of the episodes on the show, please do me a huge favor and leave a rating and feedback, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, but you also have Apple Podcasts or or an Apple account, please just go leave a rating and feedback on the podcast. It helps us grow in the iTunes and Apple charts. If you guys do leave a rating and feedback, please take a screenshot of it and send me that screenshot on Instagram at no.tracers and I will actually mail you a signed photo print of an abandoned place I've explored absolutely for free as a way of saying thank you for helping the podcast grow. It's an awesome way to help the podcast. It takes you like 30 to 45 seconds to leave a rating and feedback and I would appreciate it a ton. The next thing I need to let you know about is that I actually have a photography book out. It's called No Tracers, an Urban Explorer's Diary. It's full of stories and photos from my urban explorations. And if you guys want to get a signed copy of it, they're on sale right now at notracers.com slash shop. So if you guys want to get a signed copy, head over to notracers.com. You can also see videos over there. You can see my blog posts over there with uh, fully detailed exploration stories. And uh, yeah, check out the book. It's it's awesome. It took me a while to make and I'm super proud of it. So thank you for picking one of those up. If you do, I'll be sure to sign it and personalize it for you and mail it out to you. I do ship internationally. So if you guys live in the UK, if you live in Russia, if you live in Australia, don't worry, I'll mail it to you. It'll get there. Lastly, I need to thank our partner on this podcast, which is Liquid Death Water. If you guys are not aware of what Liquid Death Water is, you are seriously missing out on some excellent water. If you're a human that drinks water, which is most of you listening to this show, check out this ad I made for Liquid Death in three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water, a water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code JUSTTHELETTERK at checkout for 10% off your order. 
liquid death, murder, your thirst. Wasn't that just eerie and ominous and great for this podcast? <laughs> so yeah, if you want a discount on liquid death water, head to liquiddeath.com and use code just the letter K at checkout or hit the link in the description. It will automatically apply that code for you. All right, guys, without further ado, David Whitemire, please introduce yourself and how long you've been exploring to the No Tracers audience. I'm David Whitemire. You can call me David on Instagram, where I post a lot of my uh, urban exploring photos. My handle is um, MA Hiker Biker. So that stands for Massachusetts Hiker Biker. But again, you can just call me David. And um, I got into exploring back actually in the late 70s and early 80s when I was. I was just a kid, and um, probably the first first exciting explorer was probably 1979, 1980, when uh, some friends um, and I found a large mansion in the woods, not far from our from our house, and we we ran back and told one of our fathers about it, who said, "Well, let's see if we can get inside and check it out." So, this dad and probably you know, six or seven of us from the neighborhood. Um, found an unlocked door and snuck in and explored an old, very large, very creepy mansion. This was in Wheaton, Illinois. Um, that mansion uh, was called the Hurley Mansion and it has since been um, renovated into very, very nice condominiums. But that's, that's how I got into it. And I've been doing it a little bit uh, my entire life. Wow, that's amazing that one of the dads was like, hey, let's go trespass together. <laughs> that's awesome. I love well, it. you know, I'm... It, I'm probably older now than he was at that time. And honestly, if one of my kids at that age had come and said the same thing, I would have been just like him and said, well, all right, you know, let's, that sounds very interesting. Let's go check it out. It could be fun. Yeah, definitely. I love that. It's such a great way to get introduced to the hobby, you know? So uh, tell me a little bit more about that first exploration. What did you guys see in that house? What did you experience? And, and where did your love for abandoned things go from there? So my, my recollection of, of sneaking into that house, and I remember I remember exactly the door we walked through. There was there were some there was a row of sort of patio doors that all had a number of panes of glass, and a couple of the panes of glass were broken, so you could kind of reach your hand in and open a doorknob and walked in. And you know, remember seeing lots of cobwebs and spider webs, uh, an extremely long dining room, right? The kind of thing you'd expect to see in a Hollywood movie with, you know, with a couple on either end and a giant candelabra in the middle. Um, this um, mansion was built, I believe, in the early 1900s or early 1920s, and it even had it had a um, an elevator in it for the butler. Um, but, you know, a lot of beautiful, dark woodwork, um, you know, creaky floors. Um, you know, and then I also, I, you know, I grew up, uh, my, my father and I used to go camping together a lot out west. So again, I grew up in Illinois and a couple of weeks every summer we would, we would drive out west, go camping. And, you know, I would always want to stop at, you know, old abandoned gas stations or if we were in Colorado or Wyoming, we would go to ghost towns. And he was always very encouraging about just, yeah, you know, go check it out, you know, be safe, have fun, see what's there. So, um, you know, he, uh, he encouraged my curiosity. That's um, so amazing and so like uh, inspirational, you know, as as an explorer. It's so fascinating to hear like how you got your start into it. So when did photography come into play for you? When did you pick up a camera and start bringing it into these abandoned places and started documenting stuff? Well, you know, 
as far as photography, probably as early as my father, you know, encouraged me to go check these places out. He, he put a camera in my hand and, um, you know, back in the, the early eighties, it was just, you know, the simple Kodak point and shoots. And then, you know, in high school and in college, I think he got me, was at my first DSLR, not, sorry, not DSLR, just SLR, uh, was a Pentax K1000. Um, you know, a lot of folks my age will probably remember that camera as, as a real workhorse. And I used that all through college, got a number of different lenses. Um, and as far as like taking it a little bit more seriously, it probably started in college. Um, I went to school um, in Iowa and on the weekends, I would very frequently just get in the car by myself and head out and find um, old abandoned barns and farmhouses. I remember I found like an entire abandoned town. It was called Farland, Iowa. I don't know what it's like now. This was in the early 90s, but it was, you know, abandoned grain silos and a, a number of abandoned houses and abandoned post office. Um, and then, you know, in my young adulthood, it kind of like tailored off a little bit. And then probably, you know, 10 or 15 years ago uh, with the advent of um, digital photography and better photography equipment and, um, you know, a good friend that encouraged me into it, I started... Um, getting more into exploring and photographing again. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. And uh, do you have any favorite gear or gear recommendations that you can recommend to up-and-coming explorers? This can be anything from a backpack to a pair of shoes to uh, a light or anything like that? So I always I, – I, an important tripod, the way I work, is essential. I don't, I don't like to use any artificial lighting. When I take photos, I don't, I don't, I try not to, you know, I don't, I never use a flash. Um, I try not to like wash the space with a flashlight. So a lot of my exposures are very long. So, you know, a, a really good tripod is essential. I've got a, a Manfrotto that I love. Um, I also have a, a Manfrotto camera bag that I love. And when I was looking for a camera bag, I was looking for comfort more than storage just you know again knowing that some of some of these explorations take multiple hours and entire days i wanted a bag that felt <laughs> felt so damn comfortable on me um so that's what i use that's awesome yeah i love hearing about the gear that people use because everybody uses different stuff you know and they have different methods of capturing their photos i love doing long exposures i try to do them at least once in every abandoned place i go to but at the same time i'm like do i really want to bring my tripod in here but it's cool that you like rely on that tripod and and you know you have your style down and and things like that i think it's super fascinating yeah it's good it's good fun and uh you know every once in a while i'll walk or you know would say I find a place and I'm like, yeah, do I want to bring my tripod in? And I have walked into places without the tripod, you know, and you set your ISO a little bit higher um, and see what you can do with hand holding it. But um, I tend to always regret it because the style of style of photography that I enjoy is is the long setup, you know, trying to compose the right composition, figuring out what the uh, the timing and lighting needs to be. And I enjoy the tripod, even though it can be a little bit of a uh, hindrance. Yeah. And how long are you spending usually doing these long exposures? Like how long are you typically in an abandoned place? Like, is it normally about the same or is it different depending on the location? It's, it's completely different depending on the location and just how amazing, you know, the spaces are and what the quantity of incredible 
uh, composition possibilities there are, but, um, you know, there's places I've walked in and out of in 20 minutes and been like, yeah, I got a couple of pretty nice shots. And I've been in other places where, you know, kind of sneak in at five 30 in the morning and don't come out until, you know, middle of the afternoon. I love it. I'm the same way, you know, it, it kind of depends on where you're at and also like how big the place is. Uh, what, what's the biggest place you've explored? You would say the biggest, um, two places come to mind. Um, out here in Massachusetts, and I'm, I don't want to uh, mention the exact location, but there's there's um, a historic company, um, an old manufacturer, that um, they went out of business, I don't know, 10 or 20 years ago, and they've got a campus of around 17 or 18 different buildings, and that's a place I've been to a couple of times, and that's a place that you could spend an entire day in. Um, and then there's another area, it's, uh, it's an island with, um, with an old abandoned hospital and there's multiple buildings, you know, different dormitories, uh, crematoriums, uh, facilities, plants. Um, and these buildings are all, all built and abandoned in different ages. So again, that's, that's a full day explore. Wow. To hear about a, a hospital on an Island, like that's crazy. That's absolutely insane. <laughs> wow. Well, the fun part's getting there, right? You gotta, <laughs> gotta have a, Got have a nice kayak and uh, you know a couple of beers to uh, to enjoy on the beach. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any urban exploration injury stories? <laughs> Fortunately, I don't. You know, I've I've cut myself like on my hands and arms, mm-hmm. probably you know a number of times on a you know piece of glass or a piece of metal here, and usually then just kind of look around for a dirty rag to, <laughs> to, to tie it up until until I can get somewhere to clean it. Um, but that's that's honestly it. You know, I, I was with a friend once who, um, stuck a leg through a floor, but, um, it wasn't a severe injury and we both laughed about it. So no, I've been very lucky. Awesome. Awesome. I'm happy to hear that. You know, uh, you said you've listened to a few episodes of the podcast. We've definitely had a few people share some, uh, injury stories or some of their friends injury stories. So I, I love asking that question. It always gets a, a laugh as a response. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's some good ones. Thank, but thankfully, I don't have any. Yeah, yeah, true. Same here. I, I've been pretty fortunate, you know, not to fall through a roof or a floor, or, you know, uh, a spiked fence or razor wire or anything like that uh, for now. So right. we'll hopefully keep it that way. And then uh, can you tell me about your scariest exploration? So that's, gosh, that's, that's a good question. You know, I've, I've had, had um, run-ins with, with, uh, security or the police where I'm in a building and I know that there are police outside, you know, and it's kind of scary because you're not sure, am I stuck here for 15 minutes or, you know, or five hours, but those, those tend to, to work out. Okay. I, I think I was in one, I was in one area, um, a building in Connecticut where the police even brought canine units and they were, they were sniffing around the building. Um, but I think I know. I know. You know, a lot of urban explorers are into paranormal activities as well, and I don't believe in ghosts at all. Never have. I, and I do not believe in ghosts. Um, but just a couple of months ago, I was in an abandoned nursing home in upstate New York, and this is this is a place that um, a lot a lot of urban explorers have been to, and I've heard a number of stories of people that experience things when they're up on the second floor. 
I was up on the second floor, and again, I do not believe in ghosts at all. And I was in one of the um, the patient rooms, and I opened up a closet door, and I felt something physical push me out of the way, and and go on. And I didn't give it really any thought at all. I thought like, well, maybe that was a draft, or maybe I'm just I don't know, I'm imagining something. And I didn't really give it a second thought until um, a couple of days later. I was posting some photos from that place um, online. And a couple of people wrote to me and said, hey, did you experience anything weird when you were on the second floor? And I thought, actually, yes. I hadn't thought of it until now, but yeah. So, you know, again, I don't believe in ghosts, but I guess that's the closest I can come to a scary paranormal experience. Wow, that's so interesting, like that so many people have experienced something like that. And like, I'm on the fence, you know, whether ghosts are real or not. I don't I don't know. I feel like if they are, it's kind of like a uh, like a tape recording, like a, a, a real life tape recording. That's why people have the same experiences, because it repeats and repeats and repeats every single time. You know what I mean? Yep, that's right. That's right. And then do you have a favorite history of a place that you can share? That's gosh, that is another really good question. Um, and I, you know, actually just, I just listened to your most recent podcast. Um, the woman who's uh, from Chicago and she was talking about the research that she does before or, or afterwards. And, um, you know, I was thinking about the same thing and I, I do that as well. I think a lot of us do that where, um, oftentimes it's afterwards, right? You're, you're in a place, um, you know, so when you get home, you immediately look it up. Like, are there any, are there any old photos of this place with people in them? So, so I do, you know, so we all do that. You know, I think there's, um, there's a large resort that I've been to that I think I found most interesting in looking up the history for simply because I could find the most of it. There was a lot of information um, online about why it's abandoned, you know, battles between the various owners and the towns. And then because it's a resort and it, it was extremely popular in the, the, I think the sixties and seventies and early eighties, it was extremely easy to find a lot of photographs that um, guests took when they were vacationing. So it was just a joy to see those photos of, you know, people sitting by the pool and playing in the, playing at the tennis court, um, you know, pictures of them sitting in their hotel room after having just been there. So that was pretty fun. Wow. Yeah. And I love, I love looking back at that, that old stuff, like out here in California, we have a a very well-known abandoned water park uh, that's on the way to Las Vegas from California. And some of the photos from back in the day are absolutely like magnificent to see and to see where it's gone now. And uh, recently it's been said that they're going to tear it down and try to rebuild it, like renovate it, which is super interesting because who would go to a water park in the middle of the desert when there's nothing around? (laughs) But yeah, looking back at those photos has always been fascinating to me. And I think it gives us a better overall glimpse into what we're exploring, even if it is after the fact, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, and as far as doing kind of uh, pre-visit research, you know, I, and I know other people have played, played this too, um, where, you know, you can find some old black and white images of a place before you go there. And then when you're there, try to take the same photo, Mm -hmm. just so you can kind of put them right next to each other and, and enjoy that. Yeah. And it's, and it's such a beautiful thing. Like I have a huge goal of starting an urban exploration museum and, and have other photographers donate photo prints to the museum to, to kind of, you know, 
allow people to explore the past in that way. Uh, it's just something I've always wanted to do, and I think it would be super cool. And, you know, some people do take things from these abandoned places, and I think it would be cool to have them donate them as, like, artifacts from these spots. Well, when you're in luck, let me know when you want to do that. I have been in the uh, museum museum planning and exhibit design industry for 25 years, so I am game and would love to help you. I did see that on your profile. Tell me a little bit more about that. I know it's kind of off topic, but uh, super fascinating to see that on your uh, Instagram. Yeah, sure. So I, um, you know, I went to school in the early '90s and studied architecture, um, and it was during uh, during those studies that I uh, was interested in museums. I've always been interested in museums, but I was interested in designing museums, and it was through that exercise that I learned that um, exhibit design even existed as as an industry, as a career path. So, you know, I. Uh, Try to reach out to folks and, and get into it. So again, starting in the early 90s, I've been doing exhibit design and have had the good fortune to work on dozens of projects and dozens of museums on all types of subjects. So different history topics, you know, state histories, local histories, social histories, um, natural history things, you know, museums about bird migrations or bison. So um you know, it's, it's fascinating because you learn a lot about a million random different things. Um, and there's a, you know, there's a great crossover to urban exploring um, about the, I think, you know, urban explorers, I believe, are genuinely, genuinely curious people. That's why we're intrigued about finding what's behind the next corner and who might have lived or worked in this place. You know, so I think there's, there's a crossover there with the curiosity and the, uh, the desire to just to learn about these places. Well, I'll definitely uh, be in touch with you about that because, you know, it's a kind of like a five to 10 year goal to, to do something like that. It's just a matter of getting funding and, and figuring out where to put it, you know, because there's, there's so many different places that you could put something like this. And I mean, you could have multiple of them, you know, the, the, the possibilities are, are limitless. Yeah, and you're right. A lot of you know, a lot of folks have um, picked up uh, quote souvenirs mm -hmm. when they're when they're exploring. Yeah, definitely. And uh, do you have a favorite overall exploration that you've been on? Um, I don't know if I have a single favorite one. I think this, I probably enjoy old, large hospitals the most. Um, not newer hospitals, but, you know, some of the old ones like Kirkbrides and things just, just because they have a variety of, of building layouts and a variety of textures and different types of spaces. You know, there's laboratories, there's patients rooms, there's nurses offices, um, there's common areas, right? There's just a, you know, so you, you never really know what you're going to discover when you turn the next corner. Um, you know, there's things like, you know, churches and theaters are gorgeous. They're absolutely gorgeous when they're abandoned, but they also have very familiar layouts. Like when you go into a church, you kind of know what the layout's going to be, similar to a theater, right? You know how it's laid out. So, you know, again, I like the uncertainty and the variety that an old hospital gives you. Yeah, that's so such a good point. Like, absolutely. Like we, we explore so many things that are similar because like you said, churches, like you know what a church looks like. You know the layout of a church, but things like these hospitals and uh, insane asylums, like they're, they're all totally different. And I think that's what makes it exciting. You know, the, the variety of architecture that's out there and available for us to explore. 
Exactly. And, you know, when you're in like when you're in an old hospital or an insane asylum, you know, the likelihood that different parts of the facility were built at different times. So there's, you know, there's difference in architecture. There's different um, building eras. So it's just, yeah, you know, it's a large variety of stuff all in one place. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you tell me about social media a little bit more? What has that done for you? What was it like to get started on on a platform like Instagram to post your photography and and kind of grow that to where you are now? I'm I am completely addicted to Instagram, (laughs) much to my (laughs) to my chagrin. But um, yeah, I'm addicted to it. So, you know, Social media is, it's really just, it's just for fun. I, I do think that um, a lot of folks take it incredibly seriously. I'm really just trying to have a good time. So, you know, if you look at my, if you look at my Instagram feed, I hope you'll find photos that are, that I think are beautiful and that you enjoy them too. And I always try to include a, um, a unique little pun with every single photo. And it's, it's really just for fun. I'm not trying to take myself very seriously. Which is great. I think that's great that you're not like trying to take it too seriously because like you said, it's all about having fun and, you know, uh, sharing, sharing your stories with people. And I love the way you do it with the puns. I think it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and the photography is great. You know, obviously I, I hit you up for a reason, you know, your photography is exceptional and I, I love what you post on there. So, I mean, thank you for being on Instagram. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank yeah, thank you for the kind words. I yeah, I appreciate that. Of course. Do you uh, prefer to explore alone or with people? Uh, with people, um, I have explored a couple of places by myself. You know, because you know, I, maybe I'm alone when I come across a place. Um, I also, I, you know, I also travel a fair amount for work. At least I did prior to COVID. But um, I travel a lot for work. And usually before I travel to a different city or state, you know, I'll do a little bit of research to see if there's something nearby that I might have time to check out while I'm there. And in those cases, you know, I explore by my by myself. But I prefer going with, you know, one to three other people. Um, just, you know, for safety, because it's, you know, just a little bit more joyful to to chat with each other and to see what each other's discovering. But um, I'm not a fan of exploring, you know, really with large groups. Yeah, I, I I've never gone with more than three people just because like that's that's too many for me. Like we're trying to stay low key. We're not trying to like blow our cover, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And you just you know you want to kind of keep going at your own pace. And right. if you're with you know ten pe- ten people, you're all sort of you're limited to the the slowest person's pace. Absolutely. Um, And then do you have any goal places, places on your bucket list that you want to explore? Um, Yeah. You know, there's a few, there's some, there's some um, churches and resorts in upstate New York that I, uh, I've got some friends that have been to recently that I'd love to check out. Um, There's a, uh, an old radar station in the uh, mountains in New England that I'd like to get to when the uh, snow thaws. Um, Gosh, if I could go back in time, I would have loved to have gone to Allentown Hospital mm. before it was destroyed mm-hmm. destroyed last month. That's um, kind of a regret. And then, yeah, again, going back in time, I I wish I could go back to a number of places I explored and shot, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago when I was just starting to get back into this, and I really didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't have the the same quality. Year that I do now, but 
sadly, the bulk of those places are now gone. Mm-hmm. This is the way of urban exploring. <laughs> you got it. Yep. And uh, if you could live in one place you've explored for one week, which place would it be? <laughs> for a week, huh? For a week. <laughs> um, pro- probably, um, it was uh, an... Ab- there was, an, there was an abandoned shopping mall pretty close to where I live uh, that was torn down last summer. I guess I would have to choose the um, recently abandoned mall simply because it is uh, fairly clean and has a variety of settings to enjoy. Very cool. And my last question for you is, what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started exploring? Oh, my gosh. What a great question. Something that I know now that I didn't know before. Um, <laughs> the importance of understanding f-stops and ISOs. <laughs> True. <laughs> for for starters, um, you know, I think before I started exploring, I pretty much just always had my camera set on like no flash but automatic. Right? <laughs> it would just choose whatever the settings needed to, needed needed to be. Um, but now that I understand how my uh, manual option works i will never go back fabulous and uh if people want to follow your journey more if they want to find you online uh where's where's the best place for them to find you the best place to find me is probably on instagram which again is it's ma hiker biker so m-a-h-i-k-e-r-b-i-k-e-r um and if also if you want you can check out my website which is uh dwhitemeyer.com d-w-h-i-t-e-m-y-e-r All right, guys, that was my podcast with Massachusetts hiker biker, MA hiker biker, as he's known on Instagram. If you guys want to check out his photography or his website, I put links down in the description for you guys. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave a rating and feedback. It really helps the podcast grow, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening every single week. If you're new to the podcast, hit that subscribe button so you get notified every Friday when a new episode goes live. And if you guys are not subscribed to me on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash just the letter K and subscribe today. If you guys want to see some of my urban exploration videos or more of these podcasts, please check out more of the podcasts and I'll talk to you guys next week. Stay strong. Keep enduring. Go out. Go explore something. And remember, leave no trace.